In this week's episode of the podcast, we discuss personal branding and go through the eight questions that you can ask yourself when trying to define yours. Welcome to the podcast, Heroes of Futurism, with me, Jonathan Cherry. This podcast is about the future and how to create it, what opportunities exist, what ideas are worth thinking about, and how you can begin to design the future that you want. Let's start right now. I thought today we would talk about personal branding um, and how to define your personal brand. So just to give you some context as to where this topic came from, in I think it was in 1997, <laughs> before Most you were you born. born. <laughs> in 1997, there was an article in uh, Fast Company magazine, which was pretty groundbreaking at the time. It was written by a guy called Tom Peters, and he wrote um, a really interesting piece where he argued that people should be designing their own personal brands the same way that Coca-Cola and Apple and Disney and all of these big companies um, do because there is huge amounts of value in defining your personal brand and then building that brand for your future. Um, so in the article, he gave a couple of, I suppose, pointers as to how to decide what your personal brand is. Um, but I think things have evolved since 1997. Um, so yeah. You made it your own. Well, in 97, I did, yeah. Um, and I thought it was a really good article. It was quite groundbreaking at the mm -hmm. time. But now I think we're more used to the fact that people are influencers and they have social media channels and they sell, I guess, themselves to advertisers. Mm -hmm. um, I know that models in US and uh, I don't know about Europe, but in US, um, for them to get a casting, to get into the castings, they have to have a certain amount of Instagram followers. Um, and then only they, they kind of are allowed in. Right. So yeah, I mean, I think that whole personal brand, although in a slightly perverted and warped sense. Um, and while you were speaking, it reminded me of an article. I'm not as good as you though. I cannot remember who wrote it, but I read it in the Sunday Times <laughs> for what it's worth, where someone, um, was speaking about, um, you need to work, even if you work for someone, you need to work as if you're going to invoice them at the end of every day. So you need to be able to say what you did that day and be able to drop an invoice as if you were a freelancer. Right. And I always like that idea because it kind of gives more meaning to, to, um, yeah, to, to the work that they're doing instead of just being like, well, I'm a graphic designer or I'm a planner or I'm a whatever and just doing that job, you know, mm -hmm. so giving, putting yourself at a slightly, uh, like you have to fight for your, you know, for the, for, for what they are paying you for. Mm. Which is exactly what I was hoping you were going to say, because I think too often we get um, sidelined by the idea that the only people um, who should be building a brand are influencers. Yeah. And that's not what we're saying. We're saying whether you're a designer or an accountant or it doesn't matter who you are, mm. there's value in having a personal brand and building that brand. And I, I mean, I've been involved in the recruitment and interviewing process um, as part of the recruitment process uh, for many years now, uh, from all the retailers that I've that I've worked for. And um, and I always used to say, I just I'll know it when I see it. Uh, and um, at one of the retailers, it used to be described as passion. And I think passion is a pretty open-ended word. I think it means different things to different people. So I wouldn't use that as a word today. But there is a 
There's a spark in someone's eyes that you can pick up. And even if they're not an extroverted person, they're quite introverted, you can see when someone gets ignited by a topic. And those are generally the people that I want on my team, the people that get excited or that um, you can see a, a general gravitate, like gravitating towards certain conversations or initiating certain conversations so that they... Um, so that they can have, you know, so that they can speak with this kind of excitement and enthusiasm. Yeah. Okay. So just for clarity, then let's just define what we mean by a brand. Uh, sure. Because I think a lot of people think a brand is a logo. They think it's a color scheme. Um, they think it's what big companies do when they put out advertising. Um, but in your mind, what is a personal brand? So it's what separates me from all the other candidates in the recruitment process mm. it's when I have the job it's what separates me that I hope my employer or manager or whoever that hired me looks and thinks thank god we got her because imagine if we had got that other person they wouldn't be able, they would not be doing what she's doing you mm. know um from my experience of of being on the other side of interviewing I remember in interviewing many junior designers at one stage and the person that I eventually gave the job, I looked through millions of CVs and millions of portfolios and all really good. None of them were bad. But the one that I ended up giving the job to was someone that went over and above and showed me how she was able to do fashion illustrations. She was so talented. And I thought, geez, I haven't even thought of that for my the brand that I was recruiting for. That would add such a new element. And that was the person that I ended up giving the job to because she showed something totally different at that level. Most of them had very similar levels of um, like uh, readiness for the job and, and technical expertise and skills, but she just had that one thing that was different. Mm. And I'm sure the others probably had something that was different. They just didn't show it to me. Okay. So what you're saying is it's not something that you list on your CV. It's got something to do with either the energy that somebody has or the passion they have for. It might be listed on the CV, but you need to see it and you need to speak to them to see how it comes to life mm. for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and exactly. How do you see it? What, how do you see well, it? Well, for me, branding is very much about um, perception. Why do you hire one person above another? And I guess it's what differentiates one person from another. Because um, my big argument is that companies and individuals don't want to position themselves as a commodity. If you are an accountant, you don't just want to be an accountant that delivers accounting services. As you say, um, you have to be going above and beyond and delivering something which is extra. What is exceptional? What's unique? What is your spice? What is your style? What's your flavor? That's, you know, in my mind, that's what a personal brand is. I want to see some accountants' flavors. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think that's the thing. No, is, no, totally, uh, totally. Even an accountant, <laughs> you can stick with the frameworks of accounting. But if you come as an accountant and you've got a sense of humor yeah. and you're no, I'm fun. just thinking our, our accountant at work is exactly like that. He's So on the Enneagram, I think he's a seven, which is like the most unaccountanty number, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they are the entertainers. They're there for the party. And um, yeah, he's he's fabulous. I mean, yeah, really creative, actually, really creative guy. Yeah. So yeah. I really so he's an accountant with spice. Yeah. And I guess that's what we're talking about when, we're, when we talk about personal branding is... You don't have to sell yourself as a commodity. You can sell yourself as a package, which is memorable and remarkable. And underlying all of that is a certain quality in the work that you do. But there's got to be some style to your stuff, you know, mm -hmm. otherwise you're just going to be thrown in with everybody else.
Yeah. Gray suits. Yeah. Okay. So specifically, you know, I think that brands are important because it's just easier to sell yourself or to market yourself or to charge a premium for your services if you are a brand, because then people aren't just hiring a person. They're not just hiring the skill set. They are hiring an individual. Um, someone who has a history. So it also helps you get paid more. Yeah. It helps you be like indispensable. So if companies need to retrench, they don't want to let go of someone that can do this and this and also is able to delve into that aspect, mm. uh, which, yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking as you're talking, sorry. So it's a bit of an X factor. Mm. Um, but the real question is, how do you define what your personal X factor is? Because coming up with a brand as someone who's created brands before, um, deciding on how you're going to position a commercial brand is difficult. Deciding on how you're going to position your own brand is even more difficult mm -hmm. because you've got to reflect on your own stuff. You know, you've got to look at yourself and um, have some really important questions that you can answer. However, will we find out what our personal brands are, Jonathan? Well, on that point, the reason that I really want to talk about this is I guess I've been on a personal mission since I read that 1997 um, article on branding. Um, and at the time I was interested in branding, but I just loved this idea that um, you could turn yourself into a brand and there would be a certain element of improvement over time that you could focus on. And for a very long period of time, I've been looking at all sorts of, I suppose you'd call them self-help books or books that talk about how to, um, how to have more self-awareness, uh, and to really package and fine tune who you are. Um, and I think in your field, so being a consultant, right, mm. it's like a list of consultants that companies have on their books. Right. And if you're trying to get into a company, they are, I can imagine it would be difficult. Like, well, we've already got 17 consultants. And to be honest, to sign on a new person right. is about a month of paperwork. Yeah. Like, I'm just speaking from my own experience in corporate red tape. To sign on a supplier takes forever. Yeah. So once someone's in the system, you generally just want to continue to use them because it is so much easier. Mm. So it takes a lot of effort to sign on new people. So I guess from the space that you're speaking of, you really do need to have this personal brand. Be like, I don't care if you've got 20,000 consultants on your books. You need me. <laughs> Yeah. Because I do this. Exactly. And that's, I guess, the process that I've been on, mm. is that I do work as a consultant. And consultants who work at McKinsey or Deloitte... So it's not like you're reading self-help books because you're depressed no, no, no. and you can't get out of bed in the morning. No, no. I mean, if you are a senior consultant at PwC, you probably have a master's degree in something, you've got an MBA, you've got experience, you are an analyst at the top of your game. And if I'm a consultant, how do I compete with that? Yeah. Um, and for me, it's, you know, I just stick with my own values. And one of my own values is to have wild opinions on certain things. So as a consultant, I will certainly have an opinion where in consulting, it's not really, you know, it's not normal for a consultant to have an opinion. No, they shouldn't, you know. No, they shouldn't, but... They should just expose a matrix of solutions and the client can choose theirs. Right, but in my mind, that's not really solving a client's problem. Yeah. A client is actually asking you for your advice. They're asking for your recommendations. They're asking for your guidance on certain things. And I, I think what's the difference between 
um, someone who just gives you the information as opposed to just reading a book about it. Mm. Um, if you just want information, well, then read a book. Sure. Um, if you actually want to understand your problem in a deep way, well, you know, there's value in having a consultant who has an opinion. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I share my opinions all the time. Um, and that's part of my brand. So Jonathan and I, uh, when we re-strategized this podcast and what we wanted it to uh, kind of uh, stand for and represent and um, what we were trying to do with it, one of the what we, we brainstormed a few topics, and one of the topics that came out was this: my personal brand. What is my personal brand? And Jonathan obviously wrote an article about this quite a few years ago, um, and developed this matrix uh, that you reposted recently on your blog on mm-hmm. cherryflavor.com. Yeah. And you've posted it twice in the last two years now. Um, and so I said to him, "Fine, I'll do the podcast on it, but I want you to take me through it as you would if you were to take uh, a client through it." So obviously this framework we'll make available for you guys. Um, it is also on cherryflavor.com. But I think what was great was that I had the um, experience of going through it with you. To be honest, you've given this to me, you gave this to me two years ago and I haven't gone through it. It's like when I tried to stop smoking, I had the Alan Carr book, <laughs> The Easy Way, and it sat on my bedside table for about two years. And that is, I guess, maybe unique to me. But I do like to do it with a facilitator. I like to do it with someone um, because I'm also a bit lazy sometimes and I like to just sit on the couch and let you write all the sticky notes. So, less about me, more about my brand. (laughs) So, let's go through that framework. So, the framework that I've got has got eight separate questions. Mm -hmm. Um, Petals to the leaf if you look at the the framework. Right. So, I've stuck them on something that looks like a flower. So, there are eight little petals to the flower. And the first thing... Uh, the if you first... want to share this, my actual one, I'm fine if you want to share oh, okay. this. Well, it's very personal. But okay. um, the, the first question that you kind of have to ask yourself is that if you were stuck in a room and someone had a gun to your head and they said, right, from now on, what is it that you want to explore in your life? So what into the future do you really, really deep down feel like you want to explore? What puts fire in your stomach? Like what are the things that you are so passionate and curious about? Um, that's the first question. Um, so also why we're saying this is if you are going to go for a job interview, and I'm sure after this lockdown, everyone is pondering the greater meaning of things, people that have been stuck in jobs that they no longer want to be at, stuck at companies they no longer want to be at, might be forced to leave and you don't have a choice. You might have just had to close your company and maybe go and look for a job. There's all kinds of things that are emerging from the woodworks. And 21 days is a long time to ponder. And so what we're saying is instead of just sending your CV off, do this personal branding exercise first because yeah. it's going to help you see, A, what you really want, B, also what you need and what you essentially are working towards might be two totally different things. And just to be aware of that because mm. it helps us make the right decisions. Yeah. And I forgot what number I was on. Anyway, it's fine. Yeah, but I think the point is, is that you might have been, I don't know, an HR manager and you're trained as an HR manager. You've mm. got a master's degree in human resources. But in actual fact, while you've been in lockdown, you are just actually really passionate about woodwork. Mm. Um, so we're not saying, okay, now you must go and be a woodwork teacher. But when answering this question, it is useful just to put down this thing, the things that you're really passionate sure. about. What do you really want to explore? What do you want to get better at? Um, it might also expose a sideline hustle or sideline gig that you might want to start exploring. 
opening up your own little Instagram account and it might be a five-year plan or 10-year plan right. to do something. But life is literally too short to not have one thing that you're passionate about. And it can't only be your kids. Yeah. Like whilst kids are hugely fulfilling and don't get me wrong, but, uh, but there has to be something else that, that gets you. Yeah. Gets your fire burning. Yeah, and I think after this uh, these this week of lockdown, um, I'm really enjoying cooking again. <laughs> it's not that I want to be a chef and no. I don't want to write a cookbook, but if I had to say, what do I really want to explore? I would put down, I want to do a few more cooking classes. Yeah. Like just I want to explore a little bit of sure. this. So point number one, you can fill that petal with a couple of post-it notes and just put them down. Okay. Second question is, um, what are you naturally good at? What, where do your talents lie? What are your strengths? And this is close your eyes and answer the first five, right? Right. It's like, don't think much deeper than that. And if you don't feel safe to do this in a group environment, just do it by yourself so that you don't feel like you need to defend your choices. Yeah. So it's got to be something that just pops to mind, as you say. Yeah. So for me, it would be, well, I'm good at writing. I'm good at public speaking. I'm good at innovation. I'm good at creative ideas. Bang, bang, bang. Mm. Put down on the petal. For you and these are different. it's not just what you like it's what no. you also are naturally good at what are you good at okay so second one then uh, an important question which i don't think a lot of people think about but it's useful you know casting your mind over some of these what are, are these you, your own questions that you developed from that article back way back when no, no, no. so these are a synthesis of all sorts of things that okay I've so i've read Brené so this Brown. is yours, though, so it's not like from that guy no, in no. 1990, yonder year? No, okay. it's some of his stuff, but mixed with okay, all sorts of all it. kinds of stuff. So it's like Brené Brown, Deepak Chopra, uh, Russell Akoff, okay. Deming, Drucker, the whole bank sheet. The I've, futurists in the crowd are I've, just smiling around. I've now. read all of this <laughs> stuff, and I've put these eight questions. Which is really useful, because if you're like me, I read probably one book in two months. <laughs> And usually have to underline it with a highlighter because I don't want to forget the stuff. So, right. Okay. Okay. So next question, what are your values? Um, and values, it, it's always such an interesting question when I ask a company, like, what are your values? And they say, no, our values are integrity and trust and honesty. Yeah. And then the next minute they go and stab each other in the back. And you say, but I thought your value was trust. So values, you know, don't bullshit yourself. Okay. So up to this point, we've been talking about what is your personal brand from people point of view. Right. Now you're talking about company. No, no, no. I'm still, oh. this is a personal branding okay. exercise. Personal so what, for companies again. No, what are your personal values? And, if and confused, in the article, you've actually g given a few so people can get right. an idea. I know it does add quite a bit of length to the article, but I do urge you guys, because sometimes people don't know what their values are versus right. their principles or their ethics. But values are things which you don't wake up in the morning and go, ooh, let me just remind myself what my values are. <laughs> you know, you are either an honest person or you're not. Sure. Um, you're either... Um, Empathic. Passionate. Em you know, if you have empathy, if you're curious, these yeah. are your values. Energetic. So I would urge you to think very carefully about what your personal values are. If you've never done a values exercise, this is a great time just to think carefully sure. about. And both John and I have got values-based exercises. So if you guys do ever want, just please drop us a comment um, in the comment section and we can mail that off to yeah. you. It's really simple. Yeah. So that is uh, question number three. What are your values? And put down... I wouldn't do more than five. Yeah, we kind of stuck to about five to seven things on each petal. Yeah. Okay, next question. Um, what do you want to be known for? So this... This is quite a tough one when I had to answer this. Yeah. So this really gets down to, like, what is your future 
you know, what does your future legacy look like? For me, what I did struggle a little bit with was I struggled when you asked me this and when I had to navigate through it, how to separate myself out from the now, from what I do currently mm. to what I want to be known for. Because some of they're not that far apart, but they also are in a weird way. So that one, I, it took a little bit of thinking for me. It wasn't so easy. Yeah, I guess this is a question about what do you want your purpose to be? So, you know, do you want to be known as South Africa's richest person? Um, or do you want to be known as somebody who changed the thinking of a society sure. or even something smaller than that? Maybe you just want to be known as like a great parent yeah. um, or a nice person. Yeah. You know, you don't have to or think. Or if someone is struggling, people, you want people to say, oh, you must go to this person. I'm sure you guys have had conversations like that, be it a parenting issue, be it a, like we had an issue now when we were trying to find lighting and we were like, you know, straight away I was like, I'm going to go to my brother-in-law. Mm. He's brilliant with this kind of thing, you know? So that is something, and he probably doesn't want to be known as that, but I, that's how I know him as that. Right. So I guess it's like, think of those conversations you've had. But I guess, you know, maybe in his list, what he wants to be known for is an open person, you know, sure. someone who gives sure. honest, uh, someone who's honest. So I guess why I struggle with this is I get super specific. Right. And I get detailed and it's actually not a detail question. And I think that's no. what I struggled with. It's about, you know, you want to be known as being trustworthy sure. or just like a nice person. Yeah. Um, that's not one of my values. Well, that's not what I like. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if people don't like me. I had the best. <laughs> I'm be known as the best. Right. That's, that's reaching, but yes. All right. Um, then in the next question, what do you love? So what, I mean, this is... I love lamp. <laughs> right. But I think it's about what do you love? Like, what no, do sure. you... You know, in life, what do you love? So for you, it was very people-centric. You love yeah. your family. You love to be social. Yeah. You love going out. Yeah. Um, you know, my loves are completely different. I love reading. I love new knowledge. I love studying. I love all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Mine was definitely yeah, social and very much my personality. So if you know me, you wouldn't be surprised by why I, what I had put down. Yeah. So it was very much geared towards um, the people side. Of and it. not at all about work. No. And I think that's fine. <laughs> yeah. That I don't want, this mustn't just be about work. It's yeah. got to be a snapshot of yourself. Yeah, totally. Okay. And family, the first one that actually came up there. Um, then a really difficult question I think for many people is what is unique about you? Yeah. So what, yeah. what about you exists only with you? So, yeah, it was difficult for me to answer because there is, it feels slightly arrogant to say that. Also, I don't have such a unique qualification. I don't have the highest qualifications. I'd like I have a PhD in freaking denim stitching or something you know so for me I did struggle a bit with that but what I did say is that my life experience is what is very unique about me and I think that's what gives me the ability to tie a commercial narrative together mm. in my line of work you know yeah. so that is something my worldview is super unique I don't think many people have got the life story that I've got you know so that for me was easier to answer but when it got Outside of that, it became tricky for me to answer. Mm. But I think that is the thing. I think people think of themselves and they struggle to see what is so unique about them because it's the way that they think. And I think people don't always want to bring that personal side to work because mm. we're told it's just work. You're not here to make friends, you know, like you just come and do the job, you know. But actually, if you think about it, what we're saying is you actually need to bring a little bit more than just doing the job because yeah. otherwise it's AI, right? You can just... 
Yeah. What's your spice? <laughs> Remember, this is a whole exercise in finding what your spice is. When Jonathan is. says, what's your spice, you need to imagine him flicking his wrists and like some fire comes out and then a dove like flies up. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> I, I remember when I was um, at Stellenbosch Business School and one of my favorite lecturers, Prof. Uh, Andre Rue. Yes. He said, great futurists do three things. The first thing they do is that they understand the client's needs implicitly. So not just what they put on the briefing sheet, but actually understand the client's personality. The next thing they do is they bring a certain level of scientific rigor to their work. So they use scientific um, frameworks. You know, in futures, you've got to use the proper scenario planning mm -hmm. frameworks and all sure. that kind of stuff. And the third thing is that you bring your own style, bring your mm -hmm. own spice. Because if you're hiring a futurist, you know, why would somebody hire me as opposed to Clem Sunter? I'm sure. not Clem Sunter, and I'm not ever going to do the same work that Clem Sunter is going to do. Sure. But I'll get completely different results as opposed to anybody else. So sure. those are the three things. So in a way, what this question is asking... It's about telling a story as well. Yeah. Like, what is the unique combination of skills that only you have? Mm -hmm. And as you rightly said, your life experience, the fact that you, you, know, you have a significant amount of EQ, you've got a lot of empathy... You've got loads of energy. That's what's unique to you. Mm. Um, so it's important just to note those down. Okay. Um, then the, the next thing which is quite interesting is asking the question, what does the world need right now? And funnily enough, when you did this exercise, <laughs> what you realized is what the world needs is probably opposite of what it is that you do. Yeah, I said the world needs less of what I do for a job. Right. <laughs> but that in and of itself is an opportunity. Yeah. No, sure. Yeah. Uh, because it means that you don't want to just go in there and be like, I can do this, this, and this. Uh, you want to say, well, these are all the things that don't, that you don't ask for that I can do. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what is it the world needs right now? And then the last question is what will people pay you money to do? Mm. Um, which I think is so important because what I find is that when people do these personal branding exercises, a lot of the time people go like, oh, what is my dream? Like, what do I want to do? Yeah. And actual fact, it's largely got nothing to do with you. Like your value in the world is what the world sees as important and what the world sees as valuable within what you can contribute. How I was relating to this is how I said, often you'll see um, people will start a business based on a need that they have experienced without fully researching. Maybe not everyone wants to wear clothing that looks like that or eat food that right. tastes like that. Or, you know, maybe not everyone wants to buy organic food. Maybe people are happy to buy packeted and tinned food, right. you know. Uh, so it's just about really looking at just because I need something doesn't mean, or I'm willing to pay for it doesn't mean the rest of the world is. Yeah. So it's largely got absolutely nothing to do with you. What you've <laughs> got to do is you've got to see what's, where is the need in the world? Yeah. What jobs need to be done? How you don't buy Coca-Cola because you're thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately it's a cool drink, right? So you're right. buying the brand, you're buying the flavor, the taste and the brand. Yeah. But, yeah, and, and also Coca-Cola could probably make a cool drink that tastes a whole lot better. Yeah. But Coca-Cola understands that the demand in the market is for that specific product, and that's what they put out there. It's like the Afrikaans music singers. Right. They could probably be a lot more successful if they went overseas and did gospel 
or something. Right. But, but there they, is a need here and they can sell into that need. Exactly. It's like the country music. Yeah. Guys. So understand what the world will pay you money for and what does the world really need. Mm-hmm. Um, and that takes a significant amount of research and understanding um, and also some foresight because it might be um, in demand now. Like you're talking about online vegetable sales. I can tell you now everybody's starting an online vegetable business as we sure. speak. Planting but vegetables in the backyard. In 21 days when this thing is over, I can tell you now the demand for that is going to halve. Uh, when the shops come back online and all that kind of stuff. So what you need to do is develop a certain amount of foresight as to how this demand or this need will develop into the future. And I think that's important. Okay. And then there are last two questions. Um, the one is, um, how will this serve society? So now that you've got all of this stuff down, how will society be served by all of these elements. So the synthesis or the culmination of all of these things create what? What does it create in society? What I liked about this question, or what I enjoyed, should I say, what I enjoyed about this question, not what I liked, because it was quite a tricky one for me to answer. So it was actually quite humbling. Hmm. Because actually the world doesn't need more of me as I am unbranded or as I just exist, you know, but what the world needs is someone that can really collaborate and bring diversity to a team. Mm. So, and that's what really made me uh, excited at the opportunity that lay there, as opposed to everything that I know about myself. And I think we can, I can fall into the trap. You speak for myself of thinking, I know who I am. I know what I can do. You know, I'm 42, 41 years old don't really need to go through this yeah. and as a lot of people you know when they're about to embark on therapy or you suggest therapy and they're like i know what my issues are mm. it's not about knowing that it's about how all of this comes together into the melting pot right that's what forms the brand yeah so you as a brand if you get this thing right you you know you synthesize all of these various elements into one thing and that's what's unique <laughs> yeah how will that affect society at yeah. large um you know will you become the next hitler or the next gandhi Cheapers. That's just an example. But, okay. I, you know, that's that's what I'm saying. So that's very much about society. So you're looking outside of yourself. And then for you, what will be achieved as a result? So now that you've gone through this process and that you've, de- you've defined your brand in an interesting way, what will be achieved? And I think for you, what was really interesting is that when we started out this process, I said, you know, what are you curious about? And you said, well, everything. And actually, at the end of the process, when we synthesized what your personal brand is, that everything actually played into what... The diversity. Right. And we answered that question specifically for you. Because if we get your personal brand right, um, it'll allow you to actually participate in a diversity of different things, you know, yeah. not just one Exactly. And I think so. That's exactly what I was saying when you asked me. And that was the first question you asked me was, what is it that you're interested in? Um, And I said everything. And you kind of politely tried to not roll your eyes, but I could see they were vibrating backwards. Um, And for me, it really does feel like that because I can sit next to a plane next to someone. Okay, often I don't want to speak on the plane, but I mean, you can sit me at a conference next to someone that is whatever, a planner for aeroplane lights and I'll be able to talk to them about it you know I'll be able to find interest in someone that's just come back from whichever country that I've always wanted to go to I'm sure and I'm able to just chat to so many people as long as they're offering an engagement um 
I'm, I really am interested in so much and um, especially through studying. I think last year um, doing the PG dip really did open my eyes um, to that. So I guess now that we finished the process that everything could rather be replaced by the word diversity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, I was, I didn't want to roll my eyes, but it's just, <laughs> you know, when you're facilitating someone's thought process no, and you sure. say, so what do you, question. what do you want? What are you interested in? They say everything. It's like, okay, well, everything means that you're not interested in anything, <laughs> which is just a joke, but actually yeah. I understand what you, yeah. because I know you. Okay. So then ultimately I talk a lot about synthesizing ideas. Um, and I think this is what the value of having this session facilitated by somebody, um, is is that what you end up with is a sheet with quite a lot of ideas and quite a lot of diversity of thinking on a page. And really what you need to do is you need to spot the patterns in the thought process and try and just pick out the ones that, you know, just four that you can put into the middle. Um, and that, I suppose, is a skill in seeing what those patterns are and putting them into the middle. Um, but yeah, I think it's a very useful exercise in self-reflection just to see, you know, what your personal brand is and where you should be putting your energies. Yeah. And something, like I said, and you know, this is John's framework. He's able to, um, to facilitate it with you. Even if you start it, um, he can do online sessions with you. And I just, I really did find that helpful. I am a coach, a life coach, qualified life coach myself. And I even struggled just to get the match lit underneath me. I hate to say that. But I guess also sometimes if you're constantly innovating or constantly designing or constantly helping others, sometimes you just don't feel like doing it all by yourself. Sometimes it's like for me, it was really nice to have a facilitator take me through this and to help me see the patterns. Because sometimes if you're too close to it, I might have chosen totally you know, all empathy, you know, empathy and yeah. family. So it was nice for someone else to pick up on my narrative and where my speech kept going. So, mm. yeah, I did find that really helpful. Yeah, because I guess we, you know, our worldviews are based on the biases which we hold. And sometimes it just takes someone else to try and crack open those biases to see something. And I guess once you, you know what your, your brand is, just to, you know, speak to someone um, especially someone that's experienced in the framework and someone that can also say, well, here too from, you know, this is where you could potentially go with this, or this mm. is how I could see something like this playing out and just have a little bit of banter and a bit, a bit of back and forth about it. Because also once you had put those four things in the middle, I was like, so what does that mean for me now? You mm. know, am I doing totally the wrong thing? Um, so I think it was just nice to, to, um, explore that with someone and not feel alone in doing it. Yeah. Okay, so I think it's uh, a useful exercise to do. Thank you very, very much for being the guinea pig. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Yeah, so if you want to find it. We have it, time, though. I mean, we've let's got be <laughs> it's We're in lockdown. After. It's a Sunday. It looks like <laughs> it's going to rain. Okay, so the site on cherryflavor.com is how to define your personal brand. Um, it is, you know, everything's on the front page, but it's probably like four or five stories down. Uh, but I can also just put a link in the, link, yeah. in the podcast thing. Um, until next time, I think think carefully about your personal brand in this time. It gives you a perfect opportunity to do that. So yeah. I would absolutely be Easter weekend, next weekend. Oh, yeah. Plenty of time. Okay. And give us feedback. Let us know what your thoughts are. Even if you thought it was horrendous, just let us know. Yeah, but you won't. No. It's very useful. <laughs> just do it. Don't question it. Thanks, guys. Okay. Bye. Bye. 
for listening to Heroes of Futurism. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider subscribing and we'll see you next time. Cheers.